the revolution starting inside An instrumental part of Agora Worldwide Agora Worldwide, Agora Worldwide Counter economics, agorist strip Black market click, move a quick flip Can't regulate this, agorist strip Black market click, move a quick flip Can't regulate this, agorist Agorist Nexus Podcast. I've got my great co-host, Dag. How you doing, Dag? Hey, I'm doing excellent, man. Glad to be back. How you doing? Pretty good. Yeah, we took a little break there for a minute, but uh, but yeah, we're back. And uh, we've got a great guest on today, but before we get into it, I um, want to drop our sponsor, Presearch. Uh, great decentralized search engine, earn crypto as you search. Um, don't get spied on by Google. And uh, yeah, keep your privacy. Um, it's actually been some pretty cool recently. I've seen some uh, different um, posts where it's like, uh, what was it? Oh yeah, the um, the Rand Paul versus Dr. Fauci thing. And it's like, if you like Google Rand Paul, like stories, like in the news, like Google versus every other search engine is like just totally different results. Like the ones from Google are like, oh, fucking Rand Paul's an awful person. And here's how he's anti-science. And like all the other ones, they're like, you know, actually talking about what's going on. So it's, yeah, it's they don't... interesting seeing that. <laughs> yeah, like Google censors your searches and just gives you well, what they want you to see instead of like what you want to see um, yeah. type of thing. Yeah. So it, It's out there and it's provable. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they really do censor you. So it's something. So anyway, without further ado, a uh, very special guest. Uh, like you said, we've got Texas Joe today. How you doing today, Joe? Doing well, guys. How are y'all? Great. Excellent. Excellent. Great, man. Uh, I first off wanted to start off by asking you, um, well, first tell us your background and, and then second tell us kind of um how you how all of these experiences came together because you're kind of like the macgyver in 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 these categories as you you know you know so much information as we were talking about um before the the show started yeah okay so um i'm just a uh i'm, I'm really just a normal guy um i spent about 15 years in an oil and gas industry, like a white collar job, um, sitting in a cubicle uh, at a desk or, you know, behind a computer all day. Um, but it was, you know, what I did with those proceeds that really, you know, make the difference, right? I don't, I don't base my life around that career or, you know, what I, what I do for a living. Um, I do what I love and I just use a li- my, my living and my source of income to pay for it. Um, I'm a lot of different things to a lot of different people. It just depends on, you know, what, what it is that, you know, you need or, you know, what it is that, you know, like what kind of relationship we're building. Um, Some people know me as a mechanic. Um, I have car, you know, I have several cars in my driveway. I've put motors and transmissions in and I maintain almost all my own vehicles with the exception of the stuff that's under, you know, manufacturer warranty. Um, so there's that, uh, mechanically inclined. I'm a homesteader. Um, I've got a, a very large comprehensive homestead here with tons of different animals. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, a couple, let's see, it's 2021 now in the run up to when I got laid off in 2016. Um, I started really, really, um, trying to prepare myself and, and get ready for, the rug to get yanked out from under me and my family. And so in that pursuit, um, I became, you know, a, a firearm instructor. 
a multidiscipline, multi-certification firearm instructor, uh, first aid and CPR instructor and instructor trainer. Uh, started, I got a um, certification for Stop the Bleed and several other, you know, certifications. So I started building that, uh, started, you know, teaching classes, firearm classes, CPR classes, stuff like that. Uh, the rug eventually got pulled out from underneath me in 2016. And I did everything from handyman work to break jobs and oil changes to, you know, teaching the the license to carry class so you could be eligible for, you know, getting your license to carry here in Texas. So um, there's not a whole lot that I will do or there's not a whole lot that I will pay somebody to do for me because, you know, I, I pretty much can figure out how to do most things by myself. And if not, there's the wide world of the internet, you know, to kind of show you how to do it. I just, I, I don't know if it's my ego or foolish pride or whatever that makes me want to live that way. I just, I don't like depending on other people, you know, um, I don't like calling a guy to come and fix something when I can fix it myself. You know, it's like if you get a flat on the side of the road, and you, you know, like you have AAA, which I have roadside assistance through my insurance and through my auto, you know, auto warranty, whatever stuff, you know, but I can plug a tire and get out my, my roadside kit and have that tire changed or have it plugged and have it refilled and back on the road before they even dispatch a AAA truck to my location. I just, I don't have that time to waste. So, um, that's, uh, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Like I said, there's, there's a lot that go into that. You know, um, I, I, I work in the private security sector. Um, I love doing that. It's a, it's a really, you know, really rewarding job. I actually started pursuing that career and building that career a couple of years ago because I knew that in 2019, 2020, I was going to probably get laid off again because the layoffs are cyclical in oil and gas. So yeah. I'm also a private executive uh, practitioner or what, you know, what we in, I guess in the business, uh, private executive professional. So um, that I've worked everything from, you know, concerts and large scale, like tourist venues to weddings. Um, I've worked with some uh, people that have their career in politics. Um, I've worked with, man, tons of people tons of people and it's been everything from the most boring thing you've ever experienced in your life to I don't ever think I want to provide security for this person again so yeah I'd, I'd have to imagine there's definitely a gamut there you know like some like you look like and obviously you're not in the same class of like security guard as you know what most no. of us typically see out and about but it's like man that just looks like the most boring job <laughs> you know no, ever not even just, close so uh, <laughs> my my typical uniform and I say my typical uniform because it's anything but typical um, I can be in, uh, you know, khaki pants and a black polo with, you know, just very light, you know, like a pair of handcuffs and concealed firearm, you know, stuff like that. Or I can be, you know, literally BDUs, black polo, a duty belt, like you see, you know, police officers like full, you know, like spare magazines, baton, handcuffs, OC spray, or, you know, pepper spray, uh, drop leg, you know, a Glock 19 and a drop leg holster, full plate carrier, you know, 60 pounds of kit. Um, it just depends on, or I, you know, I can, I can be in a, a hand tailored suit, 
and have you know concealed um, rifle armor underneath my dress shirt and you know underneath my uh, my suit and then you know concealed firearms and at that point I'm only concealing the important stuff so it's you know restraints and violence it's just spare magazines and what I need to you know administer first aid on myself or my my principal and then whatever you know a couple of restraint options for anybody who's trying to to mess around so obviously I feel a lot safer when I got my full duty belt my full kit my plate carrier on and stuff like that but you know it's um, life has a way of um, not giving you exactly the circumstances that you want so you gotta you just gotta roll with it and handle it as it goes a lot of time it's just easier to extract you and your principal and just get out of there get off the x and go somewhere else instead of you know engaging um a crazy person so yeah man and, and that's definitely something that you know like like okay when there's like whatever like a mass shooting you know or something like you know movie theater thing you know people are like oh man i could have you know i would have taken him out or this or that and the other you know it's like hey i don't buy it you know right. but it's like me like you know i carry but it's like no if there's a situation unless that person is between me and my family in the door i don't you know like my goal is get me and my family out of there i'm not trying to be a fucking hero right. <laughs> you know well, definitely not. i want to survive i'm glad you bring that point up so that's a that's a good point that's that's a good place to draw a line between a security guard like you said earlier and people like me you know people that protect people that you know are executive protection professionals practitioners in in this game right um a security guard is probably gonna hide you know not, that's not across the board for everybody but a security guard is a security guard right we are not that <laughs> That's, yeah, that's where... yeah, security guard is there to like contact help and yeah, they're making minimum wage and have an appearance yeah. of you know <laughs> right. So guys like me are, you know, where we're, we kick in in the clutch between guys like that and when law enforcement arrives. So it's not like you know where I'm not gonna be all savvy and be like, yo, I'd take a bullet for you, but you know, I'm I'm the first line of violence that stands between you know safety you know, like keeping people safe and somebody that's intent to do harm. And if they're intent to do harm, man, people like me, we're going to bring hell. So, so how much planning? Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, you go ahead, man. How much plan, like how much planning goes into something like that? Because I, I, I would think like you would have to know like kind of like where you're and, and, and uh, again, I don't expect you to reveal everything right because i um uh you know be, be because you know you don't necessarily want to give away everything security wise but um right. but you know if 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 you could or or if you want to um kind of go into like how much planning this is be, be, because like if, if i've got a client and i'm trying to protect them like i need to know like where, where they're gonna go i need to know uh, the ins and the outs of, of the routes and all you know alternate routes and uh, I need to know like rooms and, and buildings and right. uh, uh, you know just just uh, you know as much as possible right so uh, if you could um, go into that for me okay so uh, this is a lot to get into for a show format like this um, there's guys that do nothing but spend several episodes talking about just the planning and preparation for an op. Wow. Um, 
but I, I mean, I can give you a high level on, you know, a pretty common thing that we, you know, that we deal with. Um, so say that we have a high value uh, principal that, you know, they're an executive for a big company or they're, you know, um, it could be a, a pastor with a, a, you know, a church that's got a large online presence and a lot of exposure. Uh, it could be a recording artist, you know, it'd be just about anything. So say we're taking a high value, you know, target or high value principal and they want to go out to eat. Okay. We're going to be running anywhere from a two man to a six man team. All right. We're going to know like as executive protection professionals, we get an information, you know, it's basically a dossier and we, we get that dossier on our principal and we're expected to, you know, know what's in there and familiarize ourselves with it. You know, so that's principal's name, spouse's name, kid's name, you know, um, like what, you know, what, what they're interested in, what they're into, like what they're, you know, specifically like what their physical limitations are, um, any risks that are posed by each of those people, like their social media, stuff like that. Um, and this isn't across the board always for every uh, principal that we're, you know, we're, we're asked to, you know, take care of, Sure. but you know, these are all factors that go into it. So say we're picking them up, we're going to um, start from their house. Right. So a lot of times when you have um, a client that's willing to pay for a service at this level, we're in control of the, the transportation. Okay. So I'm also, um, I've held uh, licenses for stuff like Uber, um, you know, limousine licenses, chauffeur licenses, um, town car, you know, large sedan, like your eight series or you know, like, yeah, like your eight series BMW, like your Lincoln town cars, your, uh, your Cadillac, you know, uh, what am I looking for? Uh, the, the Cadillac sedans, you know, stuff like this, so like your large four door cars. Uh, so I've held, um, you know, uh, licenses and certifications in, you know, both driving these cars, riding along, providing security in these cars and stuff like that. So we'll be in control of the transportation, the route, the arrival time. Uh, we will have usually multiple um, guys on a team and we'll have team members staged inside of that restaurant before we get there. You know, so you have an advanced team, hopefully. Uh, it doesn't always work out this way. You know, sometimes you call six guys and only three of them show up, you know, so it's, you, you got to roll with what you got, you know? Um, and like I said, you, you control everything from, you know, traffic in and around your principal where they sit, you know, your advanced team usually handles that and says, Hey, we have this reservation. We need to be, you know, kind of secluded from everybody else. Um, you know, that, that covers, uh, people that come into their, you know, their immediate space and, and personal space and interact with them, like, you know, waiters or staff or something like that, or if they go to the bathroom, you know, making sure that nobody's going to, you know, try and approach them and accost them in the bathroom, stuff like that. So, like I said, wow. there's, there's a lot of moving parts and, you know, executive protection is like, it's a term that's, you know, sexy, but really it's, it's people management. You know, it, it's, um, it's customer service and people management, you know, and, and people really don't get into this thing. Um, they don't get in this game if they don't have a passion for it, you know? Well, it, it's like, <laughs> I'm sure all this and the, le the, <clears throat> the, the level that all this goes to depends on, on the client. Right. Um, you know, and how, absolutely you know, what, what, what their needs are, but like, um, 
it's it, that man that, that's just so crazy it does a lot like what you see like like the movies or whatever i hate to bring it to that but but um but it kind of is you know in that regard but like um it was interesting we said about like people management though and i guess a lot of it is probably the what were you calling the, the principal or the client yeah um, so uh we have we have principal or we have you know um hvt which is high value target uh, normally okay. i as for discretion i just i say principal because sometimes when people don't realize that they're talking to an executive protection specialist they're like you mean like school principal i'm like yeah 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 <laughs> um so i, I like, like you said it's like managing like them because i guess they might not you know they might not think or they probably don't think the same way you do as far as you know situational awareness what's going on around what they need to look out for so they may not realize maybe i shouldn't and this may be taking a little too high value of a target like maybe i shouldn't sit by this window right um or you know things like that but you're kind of there to if nothing else just sort of guide them in those correct decisions um, or those safer decisions and the other part of it is you know um there's there's that aspect and then there's the aspect of you know when these people can afford these things um or you know like afford this level of service they don't need to waste their time going and getting stuff you know like um you know, I, I'll have um, I'll, I'll have a uh, an executive, you know, talking to a group of board members or doing a presentation for, you know, a company or something. And, you know, before he goes on, I'm like, hey, is there anything you need? You know, and like, yeah, I, I really need a bottle of water or I need a breath mint or, you know, something like that. And I'm done, you know, um, it, and it can be. And like I said, I, I've worked jobs that. You know, I've, I've executed contracts that start at 20 to 25 an hour. And then, you know, I, I've executed contracts that go in upwards of $100 an hour, you know, or they, you know, at that point, they start paying by the day. And they're like, well, yeah. well you got to make a day, you know, and it's like, I'm not leaving my house for anything less than 500 a day, you know, and that's, that's cheap for somebody that, you know, provides this kind of service. So, yeah, I, I, I'd imagine, like you said, like 20 something dollars an hour. And I'm like, I make more than that working on cars, you know, <laughs> like, right. a, you know, so right. yeah, I start getting up to $500 a day. That's well, I mean, a little more, right. <laughs> you know, it's like, Hey, if I'm not doing nothing on a Saturday and there's a wedding going on and you know, they can't get law enforcement to be there and they're serving alcohol and you know, the company's like, Hey, uh, can you come cover this? You want a little extra money? It's like, yeah, whatever, you know? And usually at that point, it's like, everybody wants to talk to you. Everybody's coming up and asking you what, you know, agency you work for and, you know, like, who's the you know the the most famous person you've ever you know like you've ever done you know ep detail for and um the brother-in-law always gets shit face hammered and you have to escort him out you know and it's like look the guy you know yeah i get that you're this big old corn pone country dude that's like twice my size but we're gonna go outside right now or i'm gonna ruin your sister's wedding so it's it's really up to you and he's like yeah what are you gonna do little man it's like come on, man, you do not want to ruin her wedding. This is all about her. This is her day. Let, you know, let's not make this about you, but you've had a little too much. So let's, let's go over here and talk, you know? So it's again, people management, you know, a lot of it is customer service. You know, a lot of it is stuff that you never get thanked for or that nobody notices, but when, you know, your principal's event or, you know, their, their trip out to whatever location or, you know, lunch or whatever goes smoothly, you know, when we have a, a boring day, that's the best day. <laughs> yeah. It, it's great when nothing happens, you know, so. And I'm sure, yeah. I'm, I'm sure a big reason why nothing happens is because you guys do all that planning and, and you're prepared and, and all that too. But um, 
Yeah, so, sorry. I, uh, I don't really have a question after that, but um... <laughs> no, you're good. And it's like, you know, like we can't always walk around with ARs on slings, you know, like yeah. not everybody's going to allow us to come into a restaurant and walk around like we're the, you know, the, the Who really wants to live in that world anyhow, you know, right. You know, there's a time and a place for everything. And, you know, it's just like I said, you know, we can be we can be just rolling strapped up, you know, but you can't tell because we're just walking around in, you know, suits and, you know, there's a custom tailored suit done the right way. It'll hide a lot, especially when you walk in with a, a rack or, you know, like you walk in with a, a a belt full of gear and you're like, hey, they told me you were a good tailor. And the guy's like, yeah, what's up with all the gear? It's like, well, I want this suit <laughs> and this color and you got to hide all of this. So I need the spare tire hidden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? So the, the um, right, a, a good tailor is worth their weight in gold, man. A good suit oh, that's is funny. also worth its weight in gold. But you know, it's 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 more than just planning. You know, it's more than you know people management. It's more than customer service. It's you know uh, professionalism. You know, just hey, being um, one of the biggest things to being successful in in this game is you know having a servant's heart. You know, and mm -hmm. wanting to you know, wanting to be in that service, you know, that service or servants role, you know, um, I don't care if people call me Jeeves and yeah, you're damn right. I'll hold your wife's Louis bag, you know, while we're getting on the plane, I don't care, but you know, at, it, I don't, I don't care. Like I'm, I'm not easily humiliated that way. But like I said, if, if you threaten the safety of, of that person or their spouse or their children, it's not going to be a, a wise, um, it's just not a, a good decision for your, you know, your the longevity of your life to to make that decision. It's, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring hell. It's hell you yeah. know, it's interesting because I because I hear like a lot of times it's like yeah like I, I ain't nobody's butler you know but then again it's like well for the right paycheck like yeah I'll be anybody's butler you know but like um, oh yeah I will yeah but I'll hold the door I'll open yeah. the car door I'll hold the Louis bag I don't care well from the that's why my too. I mean, wouldn't you rather have your, you know, quote unquote butler, like be like a badass, you know, <laughs> like, isn't that the person you want close to your family anyhow? So, you know, well, like, I mean, my, my manager, like my coordinator and, you know, the people that are in the office, you know, that, you know, that did what I did and now they're, you know, managing us guys that are out running around on the street, you know, um, you know, they, they tell us straight up, they're like, you're doing more than what we're contracted to provide service wise, you know, and they're like, you know, you, you don't need to do all that. I'm like, well, this is the way I run my, my detail, you know, and have you had any complaints? And they're like, no, actually they keep calling for you. They keep asking for you. If they don't, they can't get you. They don't want anybody else. I'm like, have you ever wondered why? And so the agreement we've come to is that if I'm going to provide a level of personal service and a level of professionalism outside of what we're contracted to do, then I don't complain when I have a bad day. Yeah. They're like, don't call us complaining when, you know, you were doing something and it resulted in an altercation and stuff like that. Like, you know, you stand there, look intimidating and, you know, whatever. I'm like, I'm not that, just, I, that's not me. You can, you know, that that's, that's not me. That's security guard shit. You know, I, I, I'm a professional and I provide a service, you know, so yeah, open the door on the car, open the door on whatever building we're going into or going out of running bird dog water for the principal or, you know, get him a snack or some gum, hold the wife's Louis bag. Yeah. I'm about it, man. Cause it you ain't you never going to find nobody that works like me. It keeps you most involved too. So obviously you're there, you're present, you're paying attention. You know what I mean? Like it's, 
you know, you're not just some dude standing there. And like you said, looking at like, A, all this just makes it reinforces the fact that I would never want to be any sort of person in a position to be, con- you know, considered an HVT um, for a variety of reasons. But one, because I don't like people, I don't like requiring services of people. <laughs> so like right. having all this hoopla over just going out to dinner sounds like a nightmare um, right. to me. You and know, um, we have we have spouses and families that are like, man, can do you have to go? And I'm like, guys, I'm sorry. It's, you know, I will give you your space. You guys don't have to talk to me. Just act like I'm not here. But yes, I do. And so, I apologize, but it's for your safety, you know. And, and on that note, like, so if you're friendlier and not just standing there looking intimidating, I have a feeling it's going to be easier for them to accept having you around. They might even start to enjoy having you around at that point. Absolutely. Would you and say I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a yes man. If they ask my opinion, I give them my opinion straight up. I'm like, Hey, um, this might offend you, but you asked my, you know, my opinion. So do you want me to proceed? And they're like, yep. And I'm like, okay, here you go. Here's the truth. And that's where, that's what sets us apart from a lot of people around like a principal or a high value target is they're surrounded by kiss asses and yes men. And mm-hmm. they're like, Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, Hey, I think you've tripped up on the first one. You need to redo it. And you know, let's go with the second one. You know, and they'll people appreciate that. You know, their life like, is possibly in your hands. You know, like they want you to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> they want to but, think that they can trust you. <laughs> yeah, right. But I mean, if I have a principal that's about to go on stage and his collar's fucked up, you know, I'm like, sir, come here. You know, straighten his tie, make sure his collar's good, make sure that he looks good and put together. I'm like, all right, you're good to go. He's like, hey, man, yeah. thank you. I really appreciate that because he's got that confidence right before he goes out to in front of thousands of people. He's got that confidence of. I have this person who has my back. Like, I know I ain't got to worry about my tie being crooked. I ain't got to worry about my collar being flipped up. And, you know, he's like, you know, I have this person in, you know, in, in my corner. So that's another part of what we sell as executive protection specialists is, you know, confidence. You know, I, I give you the confidence to do what it is you're getting paid to do, which affords for you to pay me to do what I do. So it all comes back to you being able to, do what you need to do. And I make that happen safely. So in in, in a nutshell, my, my principle for myself, and I don't impose this on other people, but my principle for myself is, you know, I, I work executive protection and I work, you know, private security details and stuff like that. Like I'm going to starve to death if I don't, because if I don't work it that way, it's, it's, every likelihood that I will starve to death because I'm not going to be working very long. So I work this, this, I do this with passion, man. There's not a lot that I don't do with passion, but I had no reason to take almost every dime that I was making in oil and gas and start pursuing this career and building this, this path for myself. And I did, I made this decision and man, the first couple of times I, you know, got called out on, you know, shifts, like one of them, it was during hurricane Harvey uh, and they were like, Hey, we need you to, you know, just run a security detail on this, this, you know, the sheriff's deputy's house because they don't have spare sheriff's deputies to do it. And, you know, like him and his family are like in a house that's halfway torn apart and, you know, there's looters and all this stuff. And so like we worked it and the guy came out like three o'clock in the morning. He's like, man, I couldn't sleep. I just need to make sure you guys were out here and that y'all have my six. I'm like, yes, sir. We got your six. And after that, you know, having, having a law enforcement guy who, gets paid to have guns pointed at him come out and say hey i really appreciate you being here thank you like dude i was hooked like i had to have more you know and a lot of people don't ever they don't ever get experience 
you know, they don't get exposed to something like that. So they don't know that they are inclined to something like this or, you know, like it, it just, a lot of people go their lifetimes not knowing that they have a, a passion and a gift, you know, and a calling. They just settle for what, you know, whatever it is they do for a living and go on about their business and spend and consume and spend and consume, you know, and all that stuff. And I was blessed by being exposed to this and realizing that, you know, I, I've got a talent here. I've got a, a skill set and a, a gift and it's, you know, it is a calling. So. Cool. I'm, yeah, I'm man, assuming that, you know, uh, some kind of martial arts as well, right? You know, surprisingly, um, I don't, I'm not a real uh, big martial arts practitioner. Um, I've had a couple of discs replaced in my neck and uh, I've, I've, I need some, some work done on my back. And, you know, so I'm not, I'm not really into going hand to hand, you know, I, I'm looking at, I, I know, I know several guys that are in the game that are practitioners of several different, you know, things like, you know, Cali and Krav Maga and stuff like that. And I, I need to pick one, um, not only for, you know, just my own sanity and being able to, you know, work out and maintain and, you know, the, the spiritual and inner calm that comes with, you know, practicing uh, a martial art, you know, like that, um, I, I do need to, but at this time I don't. Um, but I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll take a hit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I'll get in there and get dirty with you. I'll roll around on the ground with you. I don't care. You know, I, I have, you know, in the past, um, actively, you know, practiced, um, you know, Kung Fu, um, you know, South Korean martial arts, uh, Brazilian jujitsu. Um, I'm actually more comfortable on the ground rolling around and using, you know, uh, blunt force trauma like knees elbows you know stuff like yeah. that like that's I i'm comfortable there you know I'm, I'm comfortable with violence like i don't want it but i'm, I'm comfortable in a violent environment you know I, I don't seek that out and you know seek to create that environment everywhere i go but if i mean if we got to go there we can go there it's fine i did uh krav maga for um a little while and i was surprised at how um how how like karate you're just sitting there practicing punches right but like yeah static yeah but krav maga it's like you can really use that during absolutely you know situations and and then um some of it's based off of um like their grapples and, and the stuff on the ground a lot of that is just jujitsu so i found it to be a very like well-rounded way to to get the threat to, to stop assaulting you. Um, I, uh, you know, I was listening to a podcast recently um, and it was funny. I, I was talking to, um, to my friend, Anthony about um, actually a podcast that I listened to with, um, with Pat Watson, who um, we didn't mention. Um, we didn't mention this. Uh, you do the insurgency knitting circle um, podcast. Um, yeah. We kind of missed that part, but yeah, yeah I, I am <laughs> yeah. the host of the insurgency knitting yeah. circle podcast. Um, and you, uh, Pat Watson used to be on that uh, show with you. Um, and we've had him as a guest on here. And Pat's just excellent. Um, but he does a lot of stuff on just like, um, you know, like, uh, you know, why the police system is like unfixable and whatnot. And I was talking to a friend about it and he recommended this other podcast um, with one of the Gracie jujitsu guys. Um, and I forget who the actual show was, but I guess these guys have been doing, they've been working with police departments a lot and been training like new 
cops in like jujitsu and you know they're they're saying like the results of this have been like fantastic because it's like the cops that are trained in it they're actually having less use of force incidents less deployments of their taser a lot of it is just confidence you know just because they know this and they they, they know how to, if they get in a tussle you know what i mean that they can get through it and 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 basically they're just showing a lot of the police departments that are adopting this or like having just these great numbers as far as like the the officers that are trained you know again less use of force incidents less appointments of tasers um they're getting injured less on the job you know just all sorts of great things and a lot of it is just them just having this like confidence you know that they know how to handle situation um i'm glad you said confidence yeah um but i I don't remember exactly where i was going with that but it was just we're talking about the martial arts and everything and it's just like i there there is a big benefit i see to knowing some of that and i'm not saying like oh somebody's coming at you with a gun you're gonna do some crazy you know (laughs) <laughs> um, martial arts thing and disarm them you know what i mean but it's just when you do have that confidence um you know you can just do your job better right so there is um so there's there's a theory right and is that violence only understands equal or greater violence so if you have somebody hell bent in a situation that you know they're going to find somebody to fight or they're going to find somebody to yell at or they're you know they're going to throw their weight around they're going to be the biggest person in the room when you get in between that person and whoever they've they've chosen as a target and they don't see any fear in your eyes, like you're not giving ground, you're not making space, you're not backpedaling or stuttering or anything like that, you're not looking away, you know. When a shitbag is intent to do harm and they see somebody like that that's not afraid, what they're looking for is fear to exploit. And when they don't find it in you, they're like, okay, now I have a real decision to make. I'm not just going to improvise this and, you know, get whatever I can from the situation. This person is not ready and is not going to accept my bullshit. I have, you know, even it, like me, I'm, man, I'm five, six and I weigh 200 pounds, right? So if there's a guy, there's always going to be a guy bigger than me, but, you know, I stand there and I'm like, Hey, I'm like that little, uh, What's that? That little girl statue on Wall Street in front of the raging bull, and you know, hey, that's fine. Like, I I don't care, but (laughs) you're not going to do whatever it is you're hell bent on doing unless you take care of me, which is your immediate problem. So, we can either act like civilized human beings or we can roll around on the ground together. It's fine. Like, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I've never been one of those people. I'm like, oh, I'm a badass. You know, I'm I'm you know this and that. But you know, I can tell you. I'm not going to let you talk to this person that I'm charged to protect that way. I'm not going to let you accost them. I'm not going to let you walk in here and start destroying stuff. Right. Like I'm just not going to allow that to happen. Oh yeah. little man or what? Well, keep escalating. You'll find out, you know, it's not like I don't have to have the last word. I don't have to, you know, but I will stand there and I'll give, I'll give resistance. And a lot of time that's, that's all, you know, that that's all that needs to happen. You know, I, I stopped a guy that was trying to enter a building the other day that, you know, we had a team on and uh, he had a big hunting knife on his hip. I'm like, Hey man, listen, uh, you, you can't, can't bring that in here. He's like, well, there's no signs posted that say I can't. I'm like, I'm, I'm the head of the security team and I'm telling you, you can't. He's like, yeah, or what? And he went to put his hand on it. And so I was like, okay. I just kind of stood there calmly. I let him put his hand on it. He went ahead and unclipped the the little retaining strap for the, because this was like a legit Bowie knife, right? 
So he's like, yeah, or what, you know, so he could have been drawing it or he could have just been taking it out to go put it in his car or whatever, which would have been completely inappropriate to take it out and walk all the way across the parking lot with it in your hand, like your intent to do harm, but whatever, no big deal. So he put his hand on his. So I reached down and rested my hand on my Glock and I'm like, man, we can go this route if you want to, bro, but I'd rather not, you know? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. let's just come on, man. Like, I don't, I, I don't want this to go where it's about to go, you know? And he's like, oh, well, you know, I've got a knife and this guy's got a gun, you know, or, or whatever his thought process was, you know, I have no idea, but you know, it's like, Hey, like, if you want to escalate, we can escalate, but I'd rather just not fill out an incident report on this or have to, you know, put you in a, you know, a, a, a meat wagon, you know, and have to send yeah. you to the hospital. Cause you made a bad decision. And I, you know, I responded to it. Yeah. Obviously, you're going to do what you got to do, but nobody really wants to, you know, hurt somebody. I mean, mutually assured destruction has kept the United States safe for, what, 70, 80 years? That's that's the principle that I, I employ, mutually assured destruction. You're going to come here trying to hurt somebody, and I'm going to I'm going to hurt you back. Violence respects equal or greater violence. Yeah, you got to eliminate the threat. Yeah. For sure, or just, let them or know just it's not gonna. It's gonna be expensive if they want to go this route. At the least, like you may be yes. able to take me down, but it's gonna be expensive for you. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's gonna. It's not gonna be like you're not gonna get a free ride here, you know. Yeah. So it's, you know, it, it's easier to de-escalate, you know, and it's easier for you to just leave. I mean, you can leave, right? And I, I tell the people, I'm like, well, um, you can leave, you know, you can leave safe. You can leave uninjured if you'd like, but you're not coming in here like that. So it just, it is what it is, man. And every, every encounter like that violent or, you know, um, um, an aggressive verbal altercation or something like that, you know, most of the time when you give resistance and people realize that even if they walk past you and they try and continue with whatever, you know, whatever they're hell bent for leather to accomplish, you're going to be on them like a, like a little chihuahua, you know, I'm not going to leave you alone. So you, you know, you either act like a human being or leave straight, straight up, you know? And then when it, when I'm on a high value target that are, you know, high value, you know, uh, client or a principal and we're at like out to eat, we don't even make this an option because we control the space around them. We don't even let people get close so they can have a vulgar, verbal altercation, you know, or if, if there is a vulgar, verbal altercation, it's because somebody needs to really go to the bathroom because they've had several drinks and they're drunk and they don't understand that they're talking to an executive protection specialist and they're about to get injured and all they care about is why they can't use the bathroom and who the hell this guy thinks he is that's standing in the way. And it's like, hey, when this guy's gone out of the bathroom, with my two friends then you may enter the restroom you know so it's it's dynamic bro (laughs) it can change every day and it can change in a heartbeat man and you know some people are really good at diffusing a situation and some people aren't (laughs) you know but some people like i've seen and i'm just like whoa that was so impressive how like this guy was ready to murder somebody and you just talk to him for a minute you know and calm them down. So we're just good at that. You know, maybe it's having a nice voice or maybe I'm sure it's, a, it can be a learned skill, but I have a feeling it's some, some people are just the right kind of charismatic for that too. Maybe. Yes. Um, so, so you said, and never, I'm talking about like this, like I'm a veteran, right? Like I've only been in this game for two or three years, but I study and I listen to the information and I listen to the wisdom of guys that have gone before me, you know, like one of my biggest influences is uh, Byron Rogers. 
He's he runs the Executive Protection uh, Lifestyle podcast, and he runs Protector Nation. And I listen to not only his you know his advice and and the stuff that he puts out and the you know the the principles and the concept that he preaches. Um, I also research the people that he has on his show. You know, so like I said, like I'm not a veteran in the EP game. Like I've only been in for like two or three years, but I lost a six-figure oil and gas career, uh, a, a job, you know, and I've been able to provide for my family and myself with, you know, doing executive protection. And this is going to be a part where I get arrogant and it's, it's not because I'm arrogant because I'm boastful, but it's, it's arrogant because I know that I do well for myself. And the reason that I, you know, the, re the reason I've been able to provide for my family work in security and executive protection is because I'm good at it. I make people feel like they're the only person that matters on the, in, in the world. That's excellent. And, you know, I mean, it's, I, I get bored easily. So a job like that definitely seems like enticing because it, it's something different every day. Oh yeah. Know, it's, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> how, um, how did somebody go about, so like you said, you haven't been like you, you weren't in like police or military or nope. anything. And like, so like, like, you know, let's say like Pat, for instance, like, you know, he was in all that, but it sounds like most of his good training didn't actually come from the government. It came from stuff he did on his own time with his own money. Is that sort of how you get the training to do this? Do you seek out training and, and take it in order to get in a position like this? So I have an uncanny knack and I guess it's because I was raised by a Marine that I just have an uncanny knack of attracting, you know, veterans and, and, you know, law enforcement and stuff like that you know so i make friends with these people and you know I, I hang with them i train with them you know i i, I see what they're doing and i'm like well you know i, I want to do that but i don't want to spend the money to go to a police academy or i don't want to spend the money to you know like i don't want to have to you know put on a muzzle because i'm wearing a badge you know i want to be able to say you know i want to be able to speak the truth if i need to speak the truth instead of having to hide it to make sure that i get my pension you know, so um, I just I, I just got exposed to it. Um, there's a, a guy that's on a local, uh, I think he's on an SRT or a SWAT team now, and he was just out one day. And I'm like, man, like we're at we're sitting out there just messing around at the range, and this dude rolls up, and he, like his his vehicle's on point, his gears on point, you know, like he looks like, you know. He looks like some of the dudes that you would see, like private military contractors or whatever, like out of the, the movie Sicario, you know, and I'm like, bro, like whatever it is you're doing, I fucking want in, you know, and he's like, well, it's not that easy. And I'm like, tell me about it, you know, so I met him for lunch a couple of times and he's like, yeah, so, I, you know, I'm an executive protection specialist, you know, I, I work everything from weddings to concert venues to, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, I start, I just, I started consuming everything that I could find on it, like tons hours of, you know, stuff on YouTube and listening to podcasts about executive protection, you know, and I just, I'm like, yeah, like this, I, I want to do this. So I just found a way, man. I found a way. I found a security company that was, you know, willing to take me on and help me, you know, do their in-house training and, you know, help me get licensed, you know, through the state so that I could, I could operate because a lot of people don't know if you provide private security and, and you're unlicensed in the state, like it's a hefty fine you know, so went through that and I just started working jobs, man. I didn't say no to nothing. And I, I worked, you know, um, amusement parks, security inside of amusement parks for 15, to $18 an hour. I, I worked at, you know, uh, 
Sunday school, like, you know, everything, man, like weddings and, and churches and, you know, just everything, man. And I, I did it. I did it with a smile on my face. Uh, I, I did it with passion. I did it with, you know, bigger and I did it with, you know, drive. And it, basically, like I said earlier, man, I, I, I did it like I was going to starve to death if I didn't, because if, you know, if, if I didn't work it that way, I, I probably was, you know? Yeah. And people are like, well, oh man, you do this full time. I'm like, no, nah, man, this is my part-time gig. And, you know, people are like, well, what do you do full time? I'm like, well, you know, I have a white collar job in the oil and gas industry. And they're like, you probably make more than I do. Like, why are you here? And I'm like, I'm here because I love it. I love this game. You know, like I, I can't not do this. I have to do this, you know? So. Hey guys, quick pause here to tell you about our sponsor, Devault Cryptocurrency. Ticker symbol DVT is a low cap coin with a market cap around 900,000. So there could be room for opportunity here. Not financial advice, but we really like this project. Yeah, the Devault Core Wallet is one of the best I've ever seen. Um, very user friendly, super easy to use with cold staking rewards. So it's like getting interest. Um, they're working on privacy with Terraform, also uh, DeFi to decentralize and replace financial institutions. So go ahead and check them out over at devault.cc and get you a Devault Core Wallet today. Also, be sure to check out the show notes to find exchanges that they are traded on. With that said, let's get back to the show. So as a, you know, as agorists, we're, you know, really big into, you know, private security and possibilities for like private policing and stuff. So it's really awesome to hear that you have like a passion for doing this and like, you yeah. didn't try to go in the, the public sector with it. You know, you stayed in the private sector and you're probably much more effective and happier, you know, um, for that. Do you have anything, do you have anything to say, like, maybe like, like why, you, like why you didn't want to go to be like a cop? Like why this was more attractive to you? I mean, oh, no, you I know, did. You just love Liberty or, <laughs> or? I did. Like I, I was taking the ASVAB test for the Marine Corps and mm-hmm. um, my dad, who he's actually, he just came in from out of town. So he's chilling with me today. Um, my, my dad was, uh, a, a Marine in Vietnam did two tours, you know? Ooh. And so I've got older parents. I'm, you know, I'm in my mid to what I'm late thirties now. So yeah, of course I probably got older parents, but, um, when I was sitting there, um, uh, my mom had called him cause they were divorced. And when I was sitting there talking to the recruiter and doing my tests and stuff, my dad shows up and he's like, son, I'm just going to. I'm going to ask you not to do this, please. And I'm like, why? Like, you know, I look up to you. Like, I want to do this. And he's like, it's not the same core. You know, he's like, I came back from Vietnam, you know, after getting shot at and blown up and all that stuff. And he's like, I got, you know, baby diapers thrown on me and told I was a, a, a child murderer when I got back. And he's like, that's not why I don't want you to go. He's like, I, I went and did what I had to do so that you didn't have to, you know. And then he looked at the recruiter and he's like, tell him the truth. And, you know, the recruiter's like, what are you talking about? He's like, what is he asking to do? And he's like, oh, you know, he wants to be, you know, active. You know, he wants to be in, in combat. And, he, you know, he's like, I want to do, like, demolition, you know? Like, I wanted to do cool shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, tell him the truth. And the recruiter kind of, you know, like, he knew he was in a tight spot. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? And he says, well, you're the only you're the only son that this man ever had. Is that correct? I said, yep. He's like, you'll never see active duty. <laughs> He's like, you'll, you'll never see combat. You'll never see anything that's, you know, dangerous other than, you know, like situations you create for yourself, <laughs> you know? 
so wow. he's like it, it's it's not gonna he's like you're not gonna go do what you want to do because you know some like saving private ryan shit or whatever you know so i'm like man you know if i can't go do eod or demolitions or you know you know infantry or you know heavy infantry or whatever like what's the point you know which i mean it, everything happens for a reason you know yeah and then yeah the same thing like later on you know my like my mid to late 20s you know i'm like yeah i want to want to go be a cop like i'm gonna you know i'm gonna part-time out of my you know my uh my oil and gas career and you know do this and make a transition and like i had buddies that were already cops and they're like man why do you want to do this i'm like because like i want to do what you guys do and they're like man come with it come with us on a ride along so i went you know on a couple ride alongs they're like man we get treated like shit and we don't even get paid half of what you get paid you're crazy <laughs> for wanting to do this you know and i'm like what do you mean and so like i, I actually saw what you know like the bureaucracy right like once they got chest cams body cams like they can't they don't have any discretion anymore like if they stop somebody and you know it's like like they've been drinking a little bit or you know something like that like so i live in a small town right so like the cops if you got pulled over drinking they're like hey let me just escort you home so you don't hurt nobody or hurt yourself get in your driveway you pass out in your car or whatever but don't leave this driveway again if we see you again mm -hmm. we're taking you to jail but now like if they stop you and they think you're dwi you're taking that ride they have no discretion anymore you know so my friends that were in are like man just do something else like don't don't do this right because once you get into this position you know it's hard to get out and then you know like it's they hold your pension over your head and there's all these bureaucracy and rules and you know everybody like it was right on the edge of um like everybody really starting to just like be really down on police and everything you know and nowadays like you couldn't pay me to be a cop like you know yeah. it's just because i you know the particular haircut i have shaved my head with a razor and i got white skin you know i got called a racist the other day and it oh <laughs> you you want to get the the mean side of me out say that shit to me accuse me of being that and i'm like oh ho, 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 no uh-uh like you can call me a lot of things and i don't care but that uh, we mm -mm, we don't go there it and it is just it is this thing that's just thrown around like so much for such ridiculous reasons. I was like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, hold so on. I, I hear you. I told the person, I was like, you better be careful what you're saying to me right now. And they were like, why? Well, I was like, well, number one, my body camera's on, so I'm getting all this. But number two, I'm not a police officer. I'm not required. Like, I don't have to lose. Like, I'm not going to lose a pension because I tell you exactly what I think. All you, what are you going to do? Call my coordinator? They knock me off this off this contract and put me on a different contract you won't be the end of my career. You won't, you know, Oh, I'm going to make sure you never work in this town again. Yeah. You're not going to do that to a contractor. Sorry. You know, so, you know, I can say things like all lives matter and I don't give a shit who gets upset about it. Right. It's, it's your, your principal. That's all. <laughs> like, yeah. When, when I'm on the job, I have the same political opinions as my customer. <laughs> you know, that, yeah, that's been see, my, that's my dad taught me that as a child. <laughs> well, for me, like I'm a contractor. I, I, I don't have to have, political opinions and if i do have political opinions i can have my own what's the worst that's going to happen the principal doesn't like the way i you know the way i like doesn't like my politics they just tell me not to come back and they want somebody else oh well done i don't care 
So. so it's funny when I was a younger, I wanted to, I really wanted to be in the military when I was younger. And fortunately, like I have a heart condition and, you know, they basically told me, no, we're not going to take you. But like, I took my, um, my ASVABs and everything in high school, got like 98th percentile, like phone is ringing off the hook, like all branches, you know, and my parents were like, dude, like, you don't want to do that. You know, um, same thing. My, my, I had an uncle who was drafted into Vietnam and came back all fucked up, you know, and, yeah. um, you know, uh, like, dude, like, you don't want to do that. And then I was like, okay, well, I want to be a fishing game officer because I like the woods. You know, I like hanging out in the woods. I'm, you know, environmentalist, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, this would be great. And my dad sort of pushed me out of that. And I didn't really realize it at the time that that's what he was doing. And now I look back on it. And I'm like, well, I'm glad he did because I just would have been a, a cop in the woods, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I'm glad I wasn't, you know. But it's like, yeah, looking back, having family kind of pushed me out of that. And I'm like, okay, I'm really glad they did um, now because I don't want to do any of those things. Well, it's the same thing for me, right? You just like my mom cried and she begged for me not to join the military. And my dad straight up told me no, even though I was old enough to make my own decision, you know? Um, and then, you know, that's, we obviously good, like, we, we trust our friends more than we trust our parents. Right. Cause they're our friends mm -hmm. and like, they they'll never give us bad information. Right. So, and my friends are the ones that talk me out of going like full bore, like a, a constable or, you know, a sheriff's deputy or something like that. You know, I just, I am where I am right now. I have no regrets. You know, I would have loved to have been a part of that camaraderie, especially with the Marine Corps and stuff like that. Cause those guys are, man, they're, they're good dudes. They're, they're tight. Like I saw it today, you know, um, one of my principals is, a uh, you know, a, like a 76 year old Marine Corps veteran, you know, and, uh, he met my dad and he, he's like, Hey, you know, um, I didn't think you were working today. I was like, well, no, sir, I'm not. But you know, I, I saw, you know, uh, I saw your car, so I figured I'd stop and say hey and introduce you to this guy. And they just both started the the Marine Corps dick measuring contest and like that camaraderie, <laughs> man. It's like I, I I'm jealous that I wasn't a part of that, but you know, like it brought a tear to my eye because I got two 70 year old dudes that have never seen each other, and didn't know each other's names, but they were brothers, you know. So I've got a friend who went to high school with who he was in Marines and um. You know, like, obviously, there's a lot of stuff I don't agree with him on, you know, but I, I get what you're saying. Like, there is a lot of just from knowing him and, you know, being friends with him on social media and stuff. And just like, yeah, there is a lot of. It almost seems like Marines versus any of the other branches are really like, like tight with each other, you know, um, like that to the point where they have one of their friends, one of the people who was like in one of their units or something like that, who I guess had accidentally lived on near the border and accidentally drove into Mexico and got like arrested in mexico because they had a bunch of guns and i don't know all the details of it but like he was in like a mexican prison for having guns and like they were talking about like they were getting a group of guys together to go down there and get them out you know i don't know whatever happened with that i don't think that happened you know but like like just like the proposition of that to me was like crazy you know but they were you know <laughs> halfway willing to go do that you know yeah hell yeah so i don't know how we're gonna do it but we're gonna get it done it's yeah, the uh, yeah. marine marine can do attitude they yeah, can do yeah, anything so and it doesn't matter if they destroy everything in their path. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's something in, and I don't say this like, you know, like, cause you know, however I feel about, you know, government, military, et cetera, like, and even in the absence of a state, like there's going to be certain people who we have who protect us. And I, Absolutely. I give these guys all the credit in the world for being willing to go die, you know, you know, for us, even if I feel like, you know, that's not actually what they're doing because, you know, politics, government, et cetera. Um, the fact of the matter is, is we have people that are willing to do that. And that's an amazing thing. And those same people would probably be the same people who work in the private security, you know, in a stateless society. So, yep. you know, I, I try not to be just negative about somebody because they're in the military or because they're, you know, a cop, even if, you know, I could have, you know, whatever beliefs, 
but um, because there are people who, you know, are going to be the ones to protect us, you know, like I carry, but I don't want, I'm not a violent person, dude, you know, like I've lost right. way more fights than I've ever won, but I don't take no shit at the same right. time. But like, you know, like <laughs> I'm glad there's people who are better at it than me who are willing to protect me, you know, and I have no problem paying for those services. Um, but, uh, but yeah. yeah. So in that case, the only difference is right. So like I told you earlier, like I'm not that savvy dude. It's like, Oh, I'll take a bullet for you. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, but Hey, you know, like, I'll be an overt target and draw fire so that you can get, you know, you can get to safety. That's fine by me. Sure. Sure. I mean, it's, um, you know, cause like it, it, you think about all of this stuff, right. And it's from an argument with a little old lady and, you know, to some dude pulling a, a knife or a gun on you, you know, and like, you know, trying to do harm and yeah, all of it can happen. Will it most likely not, but you know, a, a good day can go south and get shitty in a hurry, you know? And it's just like, hey, that's if you don't think about that getting into this, even as a, a guy that's a security guard, right? If you don't consider that eventuality or that outcome, you're you're doing yourself a disservice. Like that's that is part of it. Even if you're like, you know, the quote unquote rent a cop or mall cop or whatever, like you're going to eventually run into an altercation that tests you like your limits emotionally and your limits physically and you know test your you know your morals and your principles and what you're willing to deal with you know like i don't like people disrespecting women in my presence but when i'm in plain clothes and i'm you know out doing my thing and i'm just just me regular guy you know that's one thing um if it's me the executive protection professional you know the executive protection specialist i have to turn a, a blind eye to that you know like i can't get involved in somebody else's bullshit and drama when i'm supposed to be taking care of this person and his family you know so there's there's a time and a place for everything you know definitely I, I think that even without you know government funded government ran you know police and military and stuff like that there's a ton of dudes there's a ton of husbands and fathers and you know uncles and brothers and you know even sisters and moms and you know aunts and you know you know people like that like it's not just men it's women too you know, I'm married to a very, um, uh, I guess how, how I put this very confident Southern woman and, nice. you know, with, with the lack of somebody to protect them, she would definitely provide protection for herself. You know, um, I've trained my daughter and my wife hands-on with every weapon we own. So they, do they want to do harm? It's like you said, you know, do, do, do you want to do harm? No. Will you? Yeah. Yeah, when the option is having harm done to you, the other option is having harm done to you. Yeah, you know, it's like you gotta you gotta mentally prepare yourself for that. You gotta make that decision. And then there's oh, some yeah. of us like me that are just like, I didn't even know I was wired for this shit, man, until I started doing it, and I'm, I love it. So maybe I would have done well in the military. I don't know. <laughs> the bureaucracy wouldn't beat you up too badly <laughs> like it that, that, a lot of people's spirits <laughs> that's the sticking point for me here yeah i like yeah. all of this except for that shit right there and there's a lot of that shit so yeah yeah uh, again again bring up pat again like yeah just stuff he talks about in that regard i'm just like oh it sounds like hell working for the well government. even the guys on uh biting the bullet man like some of the shit they talk about in the military i'm like god that is retarded like i'm oh i'm so glad i didn't do that <laughs> yeah yeah but what, pat um, was uh pat was a big and because I went through two waves of this, right? It was when I was in my, like my mid to late twenties and, you know, um, being a, a post nine 11 
you know, kid or whatever. Like I was born before 9-11, but, you know, like growing up and, and coming of age and like that time around 9-11, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a second wave and I'm like, man, I want to do this. And <laughs> Pat's like, dude, just get a hobby. <laughs> you don't want to do this, man. Like, come on, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, I, I even went through a time where like I was interested in being a paramedic and stuff, you know, and it's like, what, what did I do? I went and got hands-on austere medical training instead of going through all the stupid rules and licensing and state, you know, you know, all this like training and all this stuff. I, I just went and got what I, what I wanted, you know, like treating gunshot wounds, putting on tourniquets, starting IVs, you know, suturing, you know, stuff like that stuff like you actually need, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to ask somebody for permission to do that when somebody needs it. I'm going to, I'm going to get it done, you know? So what uh were you gonna uh say something brandon yeah yeah i was um but i can't remember what i was gonna say uh it's it's just been a really good conversation so i just i've just been really enjoying i I know man we've been going for an hour and like (laughs) i hope uh, we've only been talking for like (laughs) well i hope that the people that tuned in for like homesteading stuff aren't like well these guys (laughs) shut the fuck up about (laughs) private security and like this want to be like mall cop military guy <laughs> no 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 this, this, this is great this is a uh, super interesting man you know, um definitely I, I definitely think it's great that you that you weren't in the military because it shows you like you know your your guy without training can can really be a great you know without military service can actually be a really great uh yeah without government training yeah <laughs> yeah you don't need the government for training you don't need well i just um, pay those guys that have been trained by the government that have like hundreds of thousands of dollars invested in from the government for training i just i train from them and i'm like look i don't want any of the stupid shit like i want the good stuff like i'm just paying you just show me the good stuff and they're like okay cool we can do that so yeah you don't need all the other and uh, i guess you know coming from a family that has multiple military members, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of like training and stuff you go through that is, how do I want to put this? Programming. Like, programming and inefficient, <laughs> absolutely inefficient programming. Oh, like you said, um, a lot of stuff you don't really need. So. Right. Bureaucracy just for the sake of the machine or bureaucracy for the sake of bureaucracy. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or, or bureaucracy just for tradition or, you know, there's stuff like that too. So, but, um, but yeah, maybe we should get into some homesteading stuff. Um, I'm I'm almost wondering if we should just skip homesteading for today. Um, And have have them back on. Absolutely. Yeah. And talk, because I really want to talk to you about rabbits and stuff, but that's a whole conversation and I've had (laughs) too much fun with the one we had today. Um, yeah. What I would like to do before we let you go, though, is I would like to talk about your workshop that you did. Um, was it last? Was it April? Yeah. So it was the weekend right after Easter. I have been really into this kind of thing recently, and I loved it. So, like, we went to Float Fest uh, a few months ago, and that was great. And, you know, uh, Brandon's been to um, Anarchapulco and stuff, and I've been to some small meetups and everything. And those are really great, but I really like this kind of middle, like, a couple of day where, you know, it's a few people and we learn some skills and we have some fun kind of thing. And that sounds exactly like what you did. So if maybe you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about it, I greatly appreciate that. Yeah, not a problem, man. So um, 
obviously this was uh, an idea that really scratched the itch in the uh, the teacher and the trainer, you know, the educator part of me that I, I alluded to earlier. Um, I love to see the light bulb come on for people. You know, I, I love to see them learn something, you know, like Beautiful. the first time somebody butchers a rabbit and they realize that as long as they can get their hands on something, a mammal with a heartbeat, that they're not going to starve to death, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, so anyway, um, so this, this year's event, like I said, it was uh, the week end after Easter weekend. Um, so it was three days. It was April 9th, 10th and 11th here on my homestead at my house. Um, we had man, 50, 60 people show up and, you know, we had, uh, what man, 12, 15 presenters. Well, we had 12 presenters. Some of us presented, like I presented four or five times. Um, we had, I think 15 students and then the rest were like, you know, staff and, you know, like my family and, you know, other people. So, um, so it was three days and it was chock full of, you know, like we had hour to hour and a half long sessions. And then we had hour breaks between, um, all of the food and drinks were provided. We had, uh, my favorite brewery hands down, uh, Lone Pine Brewery sponsored the event and donated all the beer. Everybody who showed up brought whiskey or tequila or brought their, brought their own beer. Um, so it was three days of just hands-on, very intimate, very close. Like nobody was on a pedestal over anybody else. Like, and I'll even tell you guys, even as the the host of IKC, like this show is not about me. It's not the Texas Joe show, right? This is, this is insurgency knitting circle. This is a community. This is dare I say, and how freaking corny it sounds. This is a movement, right? It's, um, it's not, it's not ever been about the host. Right. And even when we were here, you know, like we had um, Fortress Canine here. So the owner, Joel, like he is an expert in his field and everybody wouldn't like, oh, you know, hero worship and blah, blah, you know, like all that stupid shit, you know, like everybody was just a real human being. Everybody was talking about their, their passion and, you know, their hustle and like what they, what they love to do. And, you know, like we had one of our really good mutual friends, um, he works for a major uh, power provider, but he was here teaching knife sharpening, you know, and he sharpened nearly every knife that was here on the property, you know, and people love that. So we talked about everything from knife sharpening to raising goats to raising and butchering rabbits, um, you know, small engine maintenance and repairs, you know, like as a self-sufficiency skill. And then as a, you know, like a side hustle, um, Man, we, you know, raising beef cattle, um, shoeing horses, uh, too. It's just every ham radio, like getting into ham radio. We did that. Um, we had, uh, we had somebody had some, uh, stainless steel equipment, not, uh, not a steel, um, brewing, (laughs) not alcohol. Yes. Uh, he, he was brewing, um, antiseptic in case anybody got injured. And I swear that none of that got flavored and fell in anybody's mouth while they were here. But it was just, man, it was three days of fantastic food. It was, uh, you know, three days of, of learning and fellowship. Um, it was, it was, you know, like we would knock off every night and just chill around a fire pit. And, you know, some people would tell war stories and some people would, you know, 
um, confess, you know, their, their love and talk about love stories, you know, how they met their spouse to, you know, um, man, get, we had a guy talk about getting attacked by him, um, uh, accosted by a man wielding a machete and nearly losing his life. And, and the moment that, you know, it was weird, man. Cause like, I, I didn't, I didn't plan for this, but several times, you know, the, the guy that got attacked by the machete, um, Joe Riles from Fortress Canine and a couple other people, like it just spontaneously came out and they gave solid, confident affirmations of their faith as, you know, as, as Christians, you know, and it's like, there was several times where like, I'm listening to these guys talk and I just, I got so wrapped up in their story. Like I was crying, you know, and then I was an emotional wreck anyway, cause I had been going nonstop for three weeks trying to get this place ready to go. And I was exhausted And when everybody would, you know, whenever somebody would come up, one of my friends, I say listeners, but they're not listeners anymore. Cause I've met them and I've drank with them. I've hung out with them. Like my friends, when my friends would come up to me and be like, Hey man, thank you. This is awesome. And I would just like, I'd get emotional. Cause it was, that was my opus, man. Like that was, that was the culmination of my passion for the last three or four years, you know? of this part of my life, you know, cause like, obviously I had passions in other parts, you know, like I love building cars and being an executive protection specialist, you know, all this stuff. But like, I worked really hard to get this off the ground and, and get this going. And, you know, the, the guys that helped us found the show and all the, you know, the hard work that they did and, you know, the, the content and time they put into it and just my, my wife, my family, everybody that helped me, you know, get, that event texas 21 launched and, and get it out the door and successful it was just dude it was it was awesome <laughs> it, it was so, cool, so awesome it, it was it was such a great time that uh fortress canine before they were even i think before they'd even left we were already talking about doing this event and taking it to florida and he called me and locked in the date on his way he wasn't even out of texas yet i don't think and he locked in the date for <laughs> our florida event um crossfit stanton uh big mo told me when i was taking him because and see this is this is the servant part of me this is my servant heart coming out again i had guys that flew in that needed to fly out and i personally made sure that they made it to the airport on time i took them myself you know like i even like i loved helping make breakfast and even going forward like i've told everybody planning like I want to do that. Like I want to be involved in making and serving the meal because these people believe, you know, in this, these people believe in me, these people believe in IKC and just to give that, that little, you know, bit of service, you know, or that, that let me, you know, let that servant part of me out and to show them my appreciation. Like I insist on that. So that's amazing. Well, uh, are you going to be doing Texas 21 um, uh, annually or? Uh... Yes. So my wife and I have decided that Texas 21 is going to be the flagship event of the year. It's always going to be the weekend after April or I'm sorry, the weekend after April, Jesus Christ, the weekend <laughs> after Easter. Um, and so it's always going to be the second week in April. Um, that part of time, part of the year here is, is fantastic. But um, Texas, while, Texas is our home and we think it's central to everything. It's not actually central to everything. Right? They didn't, they didn't build so the United States around Texas, despite Texas. everything that Texans <laughs> yeah. think, you know? So uh, we're going to take it to other parts um, of the, of the country 
And when people reach out to us and let us know that they're interested, um, as long as we're not like overlapping dates and overlapping and like, you know, cannibalizing attendees and, and, and money from another event to go to, to a different event, you know, like we're, we're good with that. So we're trying to do quarterly events um, and we're trying to space them out around the United States. And we're definitely interested in talking to people, uh, you know, about hosting and, and talking to people that want to attend and then people that even want to come as, as presenters, you know. Um, so the yeah. schedule, um, I, I guess our schedule moving forward is I'm going to, I'm going to get into that. So the next show we have is, uh, Virginia. So we're going to take freedom and farm setting 2021 and just call it, you know, 20, you know, freedom farm setting 2021.2. Um, that's going to be in Virginia the first week of October. Um, and then going into 2022 january we're going to be in um uh florida uh down by orlando um at fortress canine uh april we'll be back here in texas for the flagship event here on the homestead july we're going to go to norden exposure farms up on the pacific northwest and then we'll be you know going somewhere else probably winter early um uh early um early like january the next year so now are are your virginia and florida events gonna be annual as well or i don't know they might be honestly they might be we have a huge following in um the mid-atlantic region and now that we're getting exposure from joel and fortress canine um we're obviously close to the gulf coast um but you know we're we decided to do two, just space them out into different quarters because we thought if we ran them within a month of each other that we might cannibalize attendance from one to the other. So we're doing them geographically in different places, right? Because there's a big difference in, you know, like like uh, where we stand in Virginia and then Orlando, Florida, like that's a, that's a good haul. So you have people that probably aren't going to make that trip. Um, but you know, then you have your people that are going to try and make every event. Um, but then you have your people that are only going to pick one and a lot of people are going to probably pick Texas, you know? So if, if I wanted to go to one of these events, how, how would I go about, um, do you have to reserve a spot online or yes. how, how does it all work? So that's the other part where I keep my finger on the pulse of this thing. And it's not a control mechanism. It's a, it's a passion for me. Mm-hmm. So it's something I require of myself. Um, I, I receive read and respond to every single email that comes in. Uh, be that whether it be about the show or you know in regards to this so if you want to reserve a spot uh, we ask that spots get paid in full but we understand that you know times being what they are sometimes people need to you know put down a down payment to lock in their spot and then just you know make payments we can do that not a big deal um, so you would just shoot me an email info at ikcpodcast.com and that comes directly to me and while I may be busy it may take me a little bit of time to respond uh, or I got to go searching for your message in the junk folder. Um, I will find it and I will respond to you. So the, um, the seats for Virginia are $600 a piece. And like I said, we'd like for those to be paid up front so we can lock you in, but we can take a deposit and you can pay 50, you know, like you can give us a hundred bucks or 300 bucks or, or whatever, and then pay 50 bucks every paycheck or every month or whatever until it gets paid off. It's, it's not a big deal. Like the, the most important thing is not the money. 
because we're I'm, I'm straight up honest with you this is not me trying to make a living off of ikc and the the events because i i spent every dollar we made to make texas 21 a success so i literally and i even i even um gave refunds on a couple that got their car stolen the day before they were supposed to be here so i i straight up i didn't make anything but it was a success and that's all i cared about <laughs> i did it's it so nice to be able to teach people skills that can change their life or save their life or make it easier and there's just something about an in-person event too man where you can just like i mean yeah for everything man there's so many videos out there there's so much shit online there's podcasts and almost any topic you want but there's something about being able to ask somebody a question well what about that or why are you doing it like that or explain this a little that just makes learning so much easier yes or like getting that hands-on you know not just Mm -hmm. getting a visual but getting the the hands-on yeah uh so real quick before we go forward, I have to apologize. I just before I I braked and let you guys talk, I said that I did it and that was completely disingenuous and that was bullshit. I did not do this. I had so much help, but we did this. Um, I modeled this event after um, another major podcaster who does two of these events at his place a year. And I'm just a baby podcaster, but I'm, I, I am going to toot my team's horn here and say that we fucking blew this out of the water. We killed it, and this was such a huge success that people invited us to their house. Both presenters and students invited us to their homes to host this event. That's how much they liked it. Nobody, nobody asked for a refund. Nobody thought they got shortchanged. It, everybody said, yes, it was worth every penny we spent. So nice. how, how much I mean, how much was Texas Texas 21 and so, uh, how how much do you think it's going to be in the years to come I know that's hard to kind of gauge ooh, well I'm glad you asked that <laughs> um, so Texas 21 was 500 and that was based on the model um, we found that um, there was a lot of costs associated so I don't think that everybody who attended um and we actually had MTK knives produce us custom knives. So everybody who attended and bought one of the MTK knives, their price of $500 is locked in for life. And if they give their knife to somebody else or they sell their knife or whatever, um, that person holding that knife will get that, that original $500 profit or, you know, $500 seat cost. Cool. Um, so that was one cool thing we did. Um, knowing that I have to take this on the road and knowing that food Food is a huge cost. Um, the logistics of everything is, a, is another huge cost, but food is where you're going to spend most of your money. Um, we are slowly rising the, raising the price, so it's $600 a seat for Virginia. Uh, it will probably be six or six to 700 when we go to Florida, just because I'm not trying to make any money off of this. I'm just trying to cover my, um, my travel expenses and you know, make everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. And you know, I, w- I do want to war chest some, some money for IKC, right. Cause the whole point of this is like, I want the show to be self-sustaining. And even if I have no income, I still want to be able to put the show out. So internet and hosting and equipment and all that stuff like that, that costs real money, you know? Mm-hmm. So we have a subscribe star page and subscribe star supporters get notifications on stuff long before anybody else does. Cause I'm like, Hey, you know, like, 
subscribe stars are in our private discord that's the only way to get in there we have a public one but we have a private one where subscribers are you know the only ones there are you know content creators and other show hosts and stuff like that so it's not the only way to get in but um it, yes you know I, i've been asked several times you know are you making money on this and yeah i we, we are making money on it but that's Nothing not wrong point. with that right well it, but it's not the point that that's yeah. not all we care about you know um i care more about people meeting each other i care about sipping whiskey and giving you know my uh one of our buddies you know bubbers a bro hug you know like i care about meeting you know um a clever alias and his girlfriend in person you know i i care about you know being able to see pat interact with people who have never got to meet him before you know like that's you know you you, you listen to these people and they give you the feedback and, and they're committed to you and, and they're loyal to you as listeners and they tell you the truth you know and then like this was this was a learning event but this was also a celebration you know i, I begged my wife for three years to do an event like this and finally she gave in and when yeah, it was a success i did not let her down you know so it, like I said, first and foremost, it was a celebration. It was a celebration of, of this community and what it's grown to be and the, the people that, that make this community what it is. And then it was a learning experience. It was a bonding experience. It was, you know, fellowship and, you know, building, you know, like it was like a team building exercise, but it went all corny and shit, you know, like, right. <laughs> and, you know, like we had, and it, it's big dude. like, it, it's growing now. Like Baker Creek donated a case of seeds and we divvied everything up into bags and then people just had a spontaneous seed swap. You know, wow. we, uh, That's we had people give stuff away and donate stuff. Um, man, we had gift certificates and, you know, alien data. Uh, my buddy's company, he donated, you know, like some, some of those really awesome uh, Dr. Squatch soaps. They were really cool. He donated some, um, uh, some tactical turn pins, you know, like, uh, it was just, man it was just really awesome dude we had like a lot of people come through you know and now moving forward um, we're always going to have Baker Creek sponsor the event um, we're always going to have so Baker Creek's nice. going to give us seeds to give away at every event GS Plant Foods I haven't even announced this yet so I'm announcing this on y'all show <laughs> GS Plant Foods that make some of the best organic fertilizers in the business that you can that money can buy um, they just sent us like half a dozen fucking cases of their product like i've got so much gs plant food stuff like my wife is like you have to find something you, you've got to give some of this away so is it like liquid fertilizer for like is, is it like organic or i'm sorry is it like hydroponic fertilizer or like organic fertilizer yes to all oh interesting okay. so once i started poking around i found that you know guys that are growing you know pot or whatever like they're using it in hydro um, there's some stuff like I've got a couple gallons of this stuff. That's nothing meant for nothing, but making a beautiful lawn, which I have a, I have a homestead, man. I, like, I don't give a shit about having a beautiful lawn, lawns. you know, but <laughs> I'm going to find out how to use that. Cause it's like supposed to make like really bright, thick, green, lush turf. So I'm thinking if I get a couple 50 pound sacks of, uh, you know, clover or something like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, you need forage have for a, goats. well, I need forage for my goats. I also need forage for my bees. So oh yeah, yeah. I, I think that wildflowers will probably eat the same nutrients that stupid chem lawns eat, you know. <laughs> like <laughs> I bet I can grow native grasses with that, you know, like I'm gonna figure it out, you know. So um 
man, they the, honestly, my go-to with them is uh, fish and kelp. It's a liquid fertilizer and it's got, you know, ground up like seaweed and kelp. And then it's got ground up fish parts and you just, that, that stuff is fucking magic, bro. Like it, it stinks, it's, but it probably stuff. works really well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like I emailed them and they were like the beginning of the year is so busy for them. Like they didn't respond. And so like I, I emailed him again and I, it didn't click to me until like I looked this person up on LinkedIn, like who they were. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's the, like the owner. Right. And, you know, he's like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll send you some stuff. He's like, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting, you know, but like all was definitely forgiven when, you know, two boxes showed up and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then like seven more boxes showed up. Oh, <laughs> nice. Like, wow. <laughs> so uh it is what it is man like so you know again we're gonna have baker creek um we definitely have gs plant foods on board um i'm talking to several other sponsors and hopefully you know like they'll they'll jump on and 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 get in you know and, and do the thing but uh yeah man it's it's growing it's growing and people want to be a part of it people like want to help plan people want to help you know, like it just, it's, it's becoming its own entity. It's becoming, you know, self-sufficient, you know? All right. Let's take a quick second to shout out Agorist Acres Seeds. Agoristacres.com stocks a variety of seeds for your garden or homestead. They also have really cool packaging instead of those silly paper envelopes. Buy seeds with crypto, support the counter economy and become self-sustaining today. Agorist Acres offers fast shipping, so you can get started right away. Make sure you use code NEXUS10 at the checkout for 10% off of your orders. Also, they will donate a portion of the sale to Agorist Nexus, helping to bring you all the great content you expect. And all right, let's get on with it. So, so I'm definitely so cool. still... P- people don't understand like how hard it is to, and how much time it takes and, and uh, to, to throw an event and it's just amazing what, what you're talking about. Is sorry if I, I no, you're good. Cut you off, oh, but um, dude, yeah, you just yeah, actually reminded me of something. Um, and this is so cool. Every time I talk about this, I, I like I I get emotional. Like I, I I get tears in my eyes and I get goosebumps. Um, the first two seats that were sold at uh, the Virginia event, um, they were sold to a guy and his his girl, his fiance. So they're engaged, and so he told me that they were engaged. I'm like, Hey, that's cool. So I gave him a shout out on Instagram or whatever. And then I, I, you know, I, I emailed him back and I'm like, Hey man, so how long have you guys been engaged? Tell me more about you, you know, stuff like that. Like when are you guys plan on getting married and they're like, well, we were actually thinking about uh, eloping at the event. Cause we know that you and Pat are both, you know, like, um, what is the stupid, um, I can't think of what it's called, uh, ordained ministers. And I'm uh, like, yeah. bet, please let me do that. And they're like, all right, cool. Like, yeah. So like, we're going to do that at the Virginia event. And I can't dude. it was so mind blowing just for uh, somebody that, that wants to, you know, make the commitment to spend their life together and then want us to be a part of that and let us share that with them at the, at the Virginia event. Like I still, I still get emotional about it. It ain't even happened yet. You know, like I can't wait, man. This <laughs> one of the biggest things you'll hear me talk about on the show is is building strong community and man, it to see it in action, you know, like we would knock off for the night and there would be iPhones all over the tables. You know, there was 
thousands of dollars of you know hardware and lock picks and uh one of the the boring company when elon musk did the boring company he did not a flamethrower i left one of those laying on the table like we did not have to worry about anything security wise like i just knew i I just knew that we didn't have to that that wasn't a concern for us because of the quality of the people that make up this you know this community is man they're like they never cease to amaze me like i just watched some of the threads that, that they talk back and forth on discord you know just trying to problem solve or trying to figure out how to fix something or you know how to how to make something and they just they're amazing man like i i have some of the coolest people in this community like it just it's mind-boggling still so what um what are the types of things that that somebody can learn at uh at texas 21 just just a a brief like you know so that's the great thing it's not always going to be the same thing uh Mm -hmm. we're going to strive hard to make it you know uh different every time um, so it, it literally Texas 21 ran the gambit from um, knife sharpening, uh, small engine repair and maintenance, you know, both as like, like, you know, for yourself and then to make a little bit of extra money. Uh, we had a, um, a professional fab, like a metal fab shop come up and bring up their, their mobile welding rigs and kind of show people like, Hey, if you've never struck a bead with a, you know, welding rod before, come try this out, you know? Um, some fabrication principles, you know, why you would grind something a certain way or why, you know, what you need to do to make a nice, clean, strong weld. Um, we had, you know, a horseshoer come, my personal horseshoer who takes care of my horses. He came, talked about how he makes a living. Dude makes over $100 an hour shoeing horses. Any words for himself? Just a humble guy. Um, nice. We talked about raising rabbits, both for like food and then, you know, to be able to sell them for a profit. Um Man, we talked about raising chickens and selling eggs. Uh, talked about brewing alcohol. Uh, dude, it was just everything, man. Everything. And then we're, you know, when we're when we're in the planning stages, you know, we ask people, hey, w- what's one thing you'd like to learn about? Because we'll go find a, a professional in that field and we'll ask them to come. Even we have to pay for them, and that's the other part of why the price is going to start going up. Is because I want better presenters. Like I, I, I want. Well, I take that back. Well, it sounds like you've got some amazing ones already, but uh, no, we do, and that was shitty of me to say better. Uh, so no, no, no. Not that I want. Better. <laughs> I knew. Like, I knew I what just, you meant. I knew what you meant. I want a deep pool of resources to pull from, and so like, if somebody says, "Hey, you know, like, we want to hear about this," and the only way for me to do that is to pay that person to be there, like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna give you guys what y'all are asking for. I don't care what it costs. You know, like, I'm gonna make it happen. So, you know, just logistics. Um, I never, ever, ever want to be in charge of making the food for this event again. So that's a part, that's another reason why we're raising the cost of the, you know, like the seat, because this was stressful was enough. It, was it a work, a work thing or a stress thing or a skill thing when you said you don't um, have to do it again? So I hired somebody and she did such an amazing job, but it took its toll on her. Um, I hired a pit master and she... I I cannot like the food that she made was amazing. I mean, it was phenomenal, but she was ran ragged. I mean, she was going from sun up to sundown, you know, and it's just, I want to have a team of people who don't give a shit about being there 
I just want you to show up. I want you to serve food. I, I don't, you know, like I want you to clean up when you're done and just let everybody who's paying to be there, just do what they're doing, you know, like, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it just, it was, it added a lot of stress and it took a lot of planning and we were, man, I had food sitting on every available surface three days before this event started no room in the freezer like it was just it was nuts so you know it's like the planning the logistics the the execution like mm. i would rather just pay somebody to deal with that and not ever deal with it again you know yeah i'm getting anxiety just thinking about putting on <laughs> something like that and that's what you know that's what about this like because i've thought about like yeah like doing something like and i'm pretty sure i know the podcaster you're talking about who does you know workshops like that you know like man like that'd be cool you know and but it's just like, man, like, yeah, having so many people on my farm and I'm not like, I mean, I don't think I'm a private person. I mean, I kind of am, but it's like, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm picky about my shit, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. so just having a bunch of, a bunch of strangers over my place. And I'm sure they'd be all, you know, fine people. Um, you know, like you're saying, I mean, they're probably the most trustworthy people I can imagine, but it's just, I don't, I don't know. I just get like anxiety. Just It, it just seems like a, a lot. So I really appreciate the fact that you, you know, put yourself through that to make it happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had a, a, several people ask me if I was out of my mind. You know, and even my, my wife resisted a long time. She's like, you're crazy. I don't want to do this. I don't want that many people here. And then she gave into it. And, you know, honestly, she has never, um, she's never really been a big part of the show and everybody kind of liked me as the host, you know, or whatever. And like I said, this is not about me. Um, but you know, everybody's like, yeah, they're like, they listen. Cause they're like, you know, you're real. You don't try and be anything. You're not, you know, like a lot of people showed up and they're like, man, we were so relieved that you were the same person that we've been listening to for three years, you know? And I'm like, what else the hell right. else would I be? You know? And they're like, well, <laughs> there's the eventuality that the person you meet on the internet and listen to on a podcast is not the same person that you get when, you know, you show up or whatever, but regardless of everybody, you know, liking me as the, the host of the show or whatever, um, my wife people just like my wife I, I don't know man like she made friends with um you know several of the other ladies um in his free homesteading here in uh over by down by san antonio like her husband and i her husband brandon and i clicked just because of you know welding and fabrication and just being you know self-reliant dudes um his wife you know his wife like hit it off with Cassandra like they're talking and then Wendy Joel's wife from Fortress Canine um you know like all the ladies they were doing the we, we gave out the Baker Creek bags and it just like a spontaneous seed swap started like under our carport where we were just having like our congregational area and then the ladies weren't satisfied so they came in with Cassandra and like they were going like through the um uh like the seed stores that we have that we've collected for like the last five years. So like they're nice. all, you know, swapping and like, you know, so it wasn't just felt, you know, like, like brotherhood and fellowship. Like it was, you know, sisterhood, like it was everything, you know, like we had people coming into our house to take showers and using our bathrooms, even though we provided nice bathrooms and it just, you know, I just, we, we just opened ourselves up, like made ourselves available and said, you know, we want you guys to come here and, and be part of this you know, but, you know, like rest your head here, you know, put your feet on this soil, you know, help us, you know, like stand beside me and help me, you know, take care of this chicken or help me butcher this rabbit, you know, and like, no matter what happens, like, I'll always have that, like, we'll have that memory together, you know, and it's not because I'm some podcast co-host, you know, 
Like, I mean, we had a guy who he specializes in, in information, information security. Like he is like the guy, right. Or like one of those guys that like, that's what he does, like computer forensics and, you know, like it and, you know, like red teaming, trying to penetrate computer networks, stuff like that. First time he'd ever butchered a rabbit, you know, and he like, he, he called me the other day. I'm like, Hey man, I need help with my computer. He's like, yeah, cool. Blah, blah, blah. You know, he told me what to do. And he's like, yeah, you do this and do this. And I'm like, all right, cool. He's like, Hey man, I just want to thank you again. Like something changed in me when I sat there and butchered that rabbit with you. And I'm like, Hey man, that's all I care about. Like that, that, that was payment enough for me, you know, like I, I know that I made a difference. I, I hate I hate the way I see, like, I hate this world, man. Like I hate this. I hate what our country's become and I hate the way the world is. And this is just my, the only thing I could think of to try and make a fucking difference, you know, just to try and change the way I see everything going. And it may not make a difference. It may not amount to anything, but it makes a difference. Okay, I'm fucking trying that were there, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it, is it some difference you're going to see on a grand scale? Probably not, but it made a difference for every single one of those people that came to your, you know, in their house and then their families. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I, I, got, I got dudes, I got dudes that now know that they don't have to line up at a grocery store and beg, you know, or, or get in a food line and, and beg for handouts. Like you're going to, you're, you're not going to starve, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, there, there, there's so much to that, man. And I, um, you know, I mean, like, I get that, like, you know, with what me and my wife do here with our farm said, you know, we get people all the time who tell us that that's <laughs> disclaimer, like, I'm not trying to sound like a douchebag, but like, you know, we get, you know, we get people all the time, like, oh, my God, you guys are so amazing and do this and that, you know, we teach people things that seem like everyday stuff to us. And they're like, amazing. And, and then what really gets me is I had a friend of mine tell me the other day how, like, inspiring it was to come see the farm and this shit. We, maybe it's just because he's known me since I was just a stupid TH stoner, you know, but like, but it's like, man, it made me feel so good. And it really made me like, feel like I'm doing, I'm on, I'm doing something right here. You know what I mean? Because, you know, if anything else, I'm helping people see that they, they have power in their own hands to, you know, control their lives, make their lives better. You know, like, you know, whenever I hear somebody just complain, oh, I can't do this or that because whatever, and you know, the government sucks and big corporations suck. And it's like, well, just fucking do your own thing, dude. Like do it yourself. See that you see a problem in the world be the fucking solution man you know yeah, like, like and, and you, and you fyi can. I mean, you suck too just suck. stop sucking and let them suck and just whatever you know like <laughs> stop bitching about yeah, it right? and do some shit yeah man yeah so it's uh so yeah just this, this sort of stuff's just great and i just love this in-person community thing because obviously when I mean, we all have like really i mean i've got really good you know like liberty friend networks online you know but when you do actually get to meet them in person oh my god it's it's just so great you know um definitely um you're uh you're friends with early you know, we used to hang out um in the uh the homesteads and homeschools discord and i actually got to meet ben a few months ago uh, me and my wife drove up there and got a uh, got a couple goats from uh from the liberty hippie and you know that was just great i mean we've been friends online for two years now you know and getting to go up there and meet him and his family it was, it was just amazing you know so it's it's really great definitely um man we've kept you for a long time here today um we should probably uh, good should man probably i got time you up um bro I'm, I'm laid off i got time <laughs> yeah, Where, uh, i just want to keep going but uh yeah actually you know what plug away man what whatever you haven't plugged um go ahead and plug you know websites social media yeah, where, can, where can people find you and um and we'll, we'll get you back on to do bunnies here soon if you want dude i'd love to do a rabbit episode. yeah we need to do like a homesteading bunny yeah yeah i kind of need to sure. do the rundown on that resume huh 
like I just did everything else. <laughs> um, so no, like I'll, I'll, I'll talk about all that. Like we can just do a homesteading centric, you know, I've, uh, I've talked to, I've, I've actually done a standalone episode on rabbits. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I'm, I'm down to come on, man. Like I, I like you guys. I'll, I'll definitely come back on whenever y'all have me. Excellent. Cool, man. Great to hear. Um, yeah, it's an see. honor to have you on, man. Oh, dude. I don't, I don't know about an honor. I just, <laughs> I'm just a guy, man. Like I'm just a regular guy. Like I'm, I'm, I'm humble, man. I try, I try and stay humble despite, I don't know. Some people like, I don't know, man. It's, it's weird. Like some people, and I don't know what it is, man. Like they just, they hear it or they see me and they're like, you know, I know this guy's a dick. I know this guy's a, he's a bastard. He's a piece of shit. Like he's, he's put on a front. Like there's no way he's the person he claims to be. I'm like, I don't know how long you're going to wait around and pick me apart to see that I'm, I'm, I am who I'd say I am, you know, like, I'm not trying to be nothing. I'm not, I'm not trying to impress nobody. Like I just, I'm, I'm fool enough to talk into a microphone about it. You know, like, you know, I'm not going to just like jack in a box out and be like, Hey, I'm fucking you over. You know, like, I don't know what it is. Like said, so there's, there's a, there's a percentage of people that just they're suspicious of me, no matter what I say or do, you know, it's just, that's God, it's so annoying. Anyway, I don't know why I just dropped that. <laughs> no, you're good. I mean, yeah, that's never going to go away. That just a regular to, guy. <laughs> that happens to us too. Like, no matter what we do, sometimes there's people out there that that will never uh, like us or well, believe us. You know, well, it's but, like I said. That's how you know you're. That's how you know you're doing good when you got haters. Yeah, you know? I guess, <laughs> you're doing something, right. <laughs> doing something right then. Yeah. I just, I, I don't. I would. I just want everything to be good, man. Like I. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to carry a gun, but I'm glad I can, you know, like it's just, it yeah. is what it is. So yeah, anyway, exactly. I'm going to, I'm going to get out of my own damn way here. So <laughs> I don't have a lot of social media, um, Instagram at IKC podcast. Uh, you can follow us there. You can, you know, drop us a, you know, a comment or whatever, give us a like, give us a subscribe. You know, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to have more, I guess, a bigger presence there. I, I didn't focus on that for a long time, but you know, I am now. So, um, Instagram at IKC podcast. Uh, we have a discord, but the only way into that discord is through subscribe star. So to be a supporter at two or $5 a month. So you can find us if you go to subscribe star and just search for IKC podcast. Um, we'll, you know, you can find us, um, aside from that, if you want to tell me I suck, the, you know, or, tell me that you're interested in coming to the Virginia or Florida or the next Texas event, or you want to, you know, get the payment information and, and more details. You can send me an email at info at ikcpodcast.com. Um, and then I have my big, you know, ridiculously long email that I used to give out, which is chicken.guy at the wifi project.org. But info at ikcpodcast is way easier to spell. So yes, much <laughs> <laughs> info at ikcpodcast.com. Just send me an email you know, I did, like I said, you can tell me I suck. That's fine. You know, if you're a dick, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to respond to you, but you know, constructive criticism is always welcome. Um, uh, you know, show topic ideas are always welcome. I love answering questions. Um, I've actually met several, several really awesome people just by, you know, somebody saying, Hey, uh, I heard you talk about this. Why didn't you say blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, you know, so, but yeah, that's it, man. And I always use the, uh, the screen name so the only people that know who i am in real life are 
the people that attended the event. So to everybody else, I'm still Texas Joe. And that's no great mystery or no, you know, great, like, um, I just like my privacy, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I, I'm not I'm just a regular guy. I'm not anything special, man. I just, I like to have, I like having a degree of separation between, you know, my personal life and the show, you know, I try not to be critical of people or, or do rants and, you know, tell people that they suck and, you know, all this stuff. Cause like, I, I don't like listening to that, but so I just don't put out that kind of content. Right. Like, and I'm not going to talk about like everybody else is talking about how much the government sucks. Like, I'm not going to go play that. You know, I'm not going to go toot that horn. Right. Like everybody else is doing that. There's people that do it way better than me. Like I can, I can give my own flavor of how the government sucks and what they're doing wrong and whatever. But like, I just, that's not me, man. Like I just, I, I just like talking about stuff that I like, you know, or whatever. That's your skills, man. So, you know, yeah. stick with it. It's what I'm passionate about. So, but yeah, yeah man, it's, uh, it's just, the show's never been about me. That, that's, and I, I just, I keep, you know, saying that it's, that's why I use Texas Joe. That's why it's my handle. Like, it's not about me. Like if I talk about something that I'm doing, it's because I'm doing it and it will, you know, provide money or food for your family. Like, I'm not telling you to do it because I do it. I'm just telling you to consider it or listen to it because it's an option and I make money off of it. I put food in my family's mouth this way. So, Hey, just consider it. You know, it's like, it's just not about me, man. It's about every, you know, like it's about just trying to make a change, make a difference. So it's a fun show. And I like you do a lot of your recordings like outside. So you yeah. get like the farm noises and stuff <laughs> you get too. The, so the, yeah. the ambience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, it's, it, it, it's a good listen. I actually listen to your show a lot when I'm, um, like when I'm just hanging around the house, like cleaning or doing like house chores or something, it's a it's it's a good show for that for sure. Um, I need to post more, and as things you know, kind of like I with the you know the executive protection, I get into a, a rhythm, and uh, I have some life changes coming that are gonna provide some more stability and more you know less just completely impromptu scheduling. So hopefully, with those changes come more stability and more frequent you know posts. I am writing. I've got about a dozen show outlines that I need to, that I need to just sit down and do. Um, and so it's like, I'm not just going to get on and rant, you know, I'm not going to just get on and do like a hang style podcast with my friends. Like I want it to be quality information when it goes out the door. So I put a lot of time into my, my outlines and stuff. And I have been known to try and start a recording and record an episode a dozen times and not like something and throw 13 shows away before I finally get the 14th right. Ooh. So, because it, well, I mean, just because, like, I think that you know, people that listen to the I appreciate show, that, but damn, <laughs> yeah, like, well, I think that you know, it's like, it's not like I'm trying to edit out all my ums and buts and yes and you know, all that. It's just like, I think it needs to be a quality product when it goes out the door. Uh, you know? Oh, yeah, cool, man. Well, on that, um, I guess we'll 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 wrap unless there's anything else, uh, from you, Brandon. Otherwise, I'd say, um, I don't know. Do we have any other announcements or anything? We're, we're, we're releasing just a short documentary um, pretty soon. So that's that's exciting. So look forward to that. Um, it'll be on all of our social media stuff. So, you know, we're, we're on yeah, Float, float.app and Twitter. Um, so definitely check that out when it comes out. But, uh, yeah, um, one more thing. Uh, thank you so much to Texas Joe for coming on. Yeah, dude, this was great, man. It. Thank you so much for coming on. No problem, guys. I appreciate y'all having me. I, uh, I'm always like giddy, you know, and I'm like, hey, somebody wants me to come on and talk on their show. 
like that's always cool <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah i get like that too <laughs> oh i'm valued <laughs> yeah like people like what i'm saying that's so strange <laughs> yeah. Yeah, i get that too i'm, I'm like really like, i'm like why <laughs> yeah <laughs> whatever <laughs> okay <laughs> oh, cool man Ray i really asked me to come on and, and co-host with him i'm like really oh my goodness okay yeah yeah so but it's yeah, been great it's been i love great it so addition for sure but uh yeah so cool man guys thank y'all so much man it's been a blast yeah. and like i said man anytime you guys want me to come on and you know just yeah talk, we'll get you back on for a for a homestead episode um for sure or, or for, i like that you use the term farmstead uh because that's actually something probably better say for that but you you would yeah. i guess i guess it's a whole thing about the term homestead and size of a place and i didn't even know it was an issue i don't personally care so i just say farmstead yeah um, so that little know. bit of fuckery um yeah <laughs> So I love the people in the preparedness community. I love the people in the getting back to the land movement community. I like, I love these guys. Like y'all have great intentions. Y'all are so fucking picky about terms and how to <laughs> properly use a word. Like, Oh, I love you guys, but y'all need to, y'all need to be less worried about the details and more worried about Loosen making up. change. <laughs> yeah. So the whole thing with that is I'm too big to be a homestead right so i'm like i'm still a homestead like i'm a homesteader like that's yeah. me at my heart like there's no question in my mind that i'm a homesteader but i own a farm so yeah. i'm like you know what i don't give a shit about y'all's stupid terminology, terminology. like yeah. i don't care <laughs> whatever so I, the the farmsteading was like a, just a thumb in the eye to the the term <laughs> the label nazis and and you know <laughs> It's, it's, that's been my personal favorite for a couple of years now because it's like i'm a farm i actually do run a business i'm about six acres so but but i mean a homestead could be 40 for all i care you know but i have yeah. a business as a farm so let's say farmstead you know yeah. I'm t- <laughs> so. I, I drove to the other side of town just to deliver six dozen eggs today like and just run an errand in the truck like i don't care man I, yeah the other day a couple days ago we had a guy come by i think it was uh monday yeah, Monday, because we were off. Uh, came by, picked up half a dozen rabbits and a goat, you know. So we were able to add that to the bottom line for the farm for this year. So, you know, we got the the farm making a little bit of its own money. Hell so Yeah, at least keep you eating a little cheaper. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just offsets the cost of me keeping the animals that I am going to eat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, chickens, oh. we sell the chicken eggs to pay for, you know, the food and all that stuff and, you know we we eat we eat as much as we want like there's there's no i have no reservation about cracking and scrambling four dozen eggs and selling everything else and still having leftover oh yeah i'm eating expensive ass chicken (laughs) (laughs) yeah i charge i charge 925 a pound for breasts like when i yeah oh yeah hell yeah (laughs) so we're like i I told the the guy that came and picked up rabbits he's like well you know do you do you sell them live you sell them butchered i'm like if i butcher a rabbit you better be buying in volume and the best price you're ever going to get is going to be seven, seven and a half a pound. And he's yeah. like, how much do I have to buy to get that? I'm like more than you want to spend. I promise you. It's like, you're looking at more like eight to $10 a pound butchered. I was like, or yeah, you can so- buy rabbits at $25 a piece, brother. I don't care. However you want to do it. Yeah. Selling live animals is great. Like, I got to do processing, but yeah, selling them live is just so easy. I love it. Oh yeah. Um, but, uh, but anyhow, we'll get into that on our next episode. Um, awesome. Does uh, does anybody have a quote for today? I did not come prepared with that. You got one, Brandon, or failing that, if you have a favorite quote. Um, I do have a quote, but uh, but we've been having our, our guests um, do quotes. So if, if Texas Joe has one, we'll we'll roll with that. If not, I, I've got a I've got one. 
Oh, dude. Catch you off guard. No, I, I mean, I just, the, the only thing I can, I, is what I said earlier, you know, it's like my, my philosophy for work in executive protection detail. And it's really my philosophy for life, you know, do everything with passion, do it. Like you're going to starve to death if you don't, because if you don't do it that way, eventually you probably will. Texas Joe. That, that's a, yeah, that's a great quote. <laughs> Texas Joe. Of course, Nexus out. Out. Mm. Later y'all.